You're listening to the regular podcast from Pete the Vet's blog. This was first broadcast on East Coast FM. The uh, vet is here, Pete Weatherburn. Good morning, Pete. Good morning, Declan. Good morning, and uh, coincidentally, following on from our last conversation with April Power there from the Irish Cancer Society and Vaccinations, you actually wanted to talk about vaccinations this week. Yes, it's it's um, a number of areas that's come up in life that people seem to be losing their trust in vaccinations and it's causing problems. So in the human world, as well as the cervical cancer, which you've been talking about already today, there's the issue of measles uh, and the instance of measles is shooting up across Europe at the moment because people are refusing to have their, their children vaccinated. Um, and um, in the pet world, um, there are issues as well in that um, people have some people have lost their trust in, in dog vaccinations. It hasn't hit Ireland so bad yet, but in Australia, it's got to such a level that there are, again, epidemics of parvovirus in some cities in Australia, um, which is a, it's a killer disease of, of dogs. And um, the vaccine is very, very, very effective at preventing it, but if people don't have their uh, dogs vaccinated, it, it, it's a horrible, lethal disease. It just shoots through towns, affecting dog after dog after dog. So they start to see that happen again in, in Australia. And it's important that people know the facts about this because there's, there's lots of misunderstandings. Okay, well, outline some of what happens. Well, you see, what happened was these diseases really became prominent in the late 60s, early 70s, early 80s, that kind of a time when there were dogs dying of diseases like distemper and parvovirus and you'd go to a, a local vet and you'd find the waiting room be stuffed full of people, everybody with a sick dog on their lap and, you know, it was an awful situation. So then in, in the 70s and and early 80s they brought in vaccines that were really really effective at presenting preventing these diseases and so the epidemic stopped um, and at that stage the vaccines are relatively new and people weren't sure how long they'd last for so they they, they gave the, the the initial vaccinations to puppies and then they gave a booster a year later and then it became the routine to give a booster once a year to all dogs um, and, and it was very very effective at controlling these diseases completely so we, 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 we don't see distemper at all anymore it's been so well controlled. Um, so then what happened was, I suppose about 15 years ago, some people started to murmur, well, um, first of all, maybe these vaccines aren't really necessary every year. Furthermore, maybe they're actually causing disease. And so then people began to worry about that. So a lot of studies were done to, to look at that situation and they came up with two conclusions. First of all, there's no evidence at all that over-vaccination so-called over-vaccination causes um, disease. So, you know, if a dog does get an unnecessary vaccine, it's not going to make it ill. Um, all the time we're exposed to challenges to our immune system in our environment all around us. As humans, you might meet somebody with a cold or somebody with some other bug, and your immune system is challenged and it deals very effectively with that. So getting a vaccination is no different to that. Your immune system is challenged, it deals with it, and that's it. So that was the first conclusion of, of, of the studies that they looked into this. The second conclusion was that um, when they looked, at, looked in more detail at how long the immunity for these vaccinations lasted, they discovered indeed that not all vaccines did have to be given every year and that for some diseases the immunity lasted for far longer than a year. So um, about five years ago now, um, the World Small Animal Veterinary Association, which is the, the 
the global body that represents vets who treat pets all around the world. Um, they got their scientists, independent scientists, to look into the, um, what the vaccines were actually doing and to look at how long the immunity actually lasted. And after doing that, they, 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 they came up with some really strong, effective recommendations. And you can go online and look at these, the WSAVA vaccination guidelines. And they, they, they basically explain to everybody right around the world, this is what you ought to be doing to make sure your dogs are protected from these different um, diseases. And it's, so this isn't the opinion of, 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 a, of a vet in a street, if you like. This is the opinion of a, a, um, a learned body of scientists. So, so that, that came in a few years ago. But the problem for, for vets in Ireland, let's say, was that um, when we give it any, any medical product, we have to follow the guidelines in the data sheet. The data sheet is the, the information that comes with a particular product that tells you how to use the product. So if, a, if, a, if the vaccine data sheet says this vaccine must be given once a year to maintain immunity, then if you don't do that, because um, you think, well, maybe that's not needed. If you don't do it and there's a problem, you as a vet are utterly liable. You know, if, it's, if, you, if you don't stick to the data sheet, then you're putting yourself at risk um, for, for making a judgment. So um, for that reason, vets are a bit slow to implement the WSAVA guidelines. But what has happened in the last couple of years is that the manufacturers have caught up with the guidelines. They've um, adapted their products. They've done the appropriate trials. And so now you can get vaccines that have the longer duration of immunity, which means that it, they mm. tie in with the WSAVA um, vaccine guidelines. So that's what's happening these days. How many vaccinations should uh, okay. animals have? So to cut to the chase, all puppies and all kittens need to have what's called a primary course of vaccines. That usually means two vaccines, usually given around somewhere like eight or nine weeks of age and then around 12 weeks of age. So all puppies and kittens need to have vaccinations against a bunch of diseases at that time. Furthermore, all puppies and kittens should come back around about a year later and have a boost of vaccination against all of those diseases all over again. And that's what you need to do to make sure that the young adult population is properly protected against diseases. Now, after that is when it gets a bit more complicated. And I suppose the best way to put it is that every animal needs to be looked at individually. Used to be, we said, universally, every dog needs this, every cat needs this. These days we say, okay, it depends on that particular animal's lifestyle. So let's talk about that. So if I, if I explain to you what's right for the typical Irish dog and the typical Irish cat, that's probably the best way to put it. And, and I'd, I'd add the proviso that everybody should talk to their own vet about this because it is very much done on an individual basis, depending on disease risks to your animal in your area. So do talk to your, your own vet about this. But very broadly, after the, the boost of vaccination at, at around a, a year of age, um, the, the, the dog will have long-term protection for three to four years against distemper, hepatitis and parvovirus, the three big, biggest killer diseases. So they need to have a boost of vaccination against, against that every three to four years. And if you don't want to get the vaccine after three to four years, you could do a, a blood test to check how, are the antibodies still there, because in some cases they might still be, so you might have to do it for five years. But essentially you have to have an, an intermittent one, not every year, but every three to four years. But here's the catch. The fourth disease that we vaccinate against which is leptospirosis, which is carried by rats, that's a bacterial disease. And because it's a bacterial disease, the vaccine doesn't last for nearly as long as the vaccine against the virus diseases. And what that means is that that vaccine only lasts for around about a year. 
Right. So, um, so do you if, need all these? I mean, so, so given, if, you're yeah. saying, given the dog's lifestyle, if it's a very protected dog in a house, is it going to get distemper, for example? It could indeed, because the disease can be carried on people's hands and clothing as well as dog to dog. So you need to have those vaccinations. Um, the thing is, you can get away without doing it if 70% of the population is vaccinated, because you're unlikely to come across the disease if 70% of the population around you is vaccinated. So, so probably, if one or two people don't get their dogs vaccinated, and they say, well, I didn't get my dogs vaccinated, I never had a problem, that's only because you were depending on everybody else's compliance, because they're getting all their dogs vaccinated. So as a, as a body of, pe of pet owners, we have to decide that the responsible thing to do is to get your own dog protected, and that's the safest thing. Leptospirosis, then, it does mean you still need to go to the vet once a year, to have the leptospirosis vaccine unless your dog never goes anywhere where there are rats or where there may be leptospirosis. So, for example, if, you're, if your dog doesn't go, if, if you've got an apartment dog that is always carried in your arms, well, the risk of leptospirosis is going to be very low indeed. Um, and there are other vaccines you have to think about too, like kennel cough, which only lasts for a year. So if your dog's going to boarding council, it will we'll need that every year as well. And rabies if your dog's going to travel. So you can see how very quickly it does become complicated and you can see why it is important to talk about it with your own vet rather than just assuming that there's a kind okay. of one size so, fits all so look at the lifestyle the places of engagement as such yeah and uh, you can decide what it is but there are a few that are necessary anyway absolutely and the same applies to, i won't go into details for cats but the same applies to cats it's very in the average situation is you do need to go to your vet once a year what you have every year depends on individual circumstances of your pet all right. That's really it. Okay, thanks very much indeed. Thank you, Doctor. Thanks, uh, Pete Weatherburn, the vet. You can find Pete himself if you want to have a chat. He is there working away, uh, not every day, at uh, Brave Vet on Old Connor. And you can hear his broadcast again on PeteTheVet.com. Thanks for coming in, Pete.